Welcome to Being the Dot. I'm your host, Dr. Stacy. Each week, we invite a guest to talk some about their experiences of being black, brown, red, or yellow in white spaces. Today's topic, excelling, promoting, we're moving on up in the same place that you have been. The average millennial, Gen Z, and Gen Xer pursuing promotion will have somewhere between three to four jobs or more in the course of their work life. However, our elders oftentimes found themselves staying in the same place for some time. We'll talk today with someone who built an illustrious career in the same place. She's full of wisdom, and I know this is going to be a great conversation for our listeners. Dr. Worcester Harper received her bachelor's degree and master's degree at the University of Michigan. She received her doctorate from the Ivy League, y'all, the University of Pennsylvania. She spent 40 years of her work career at the University of Michigan and served in various roles. First as an Act 101 or Upward Bound kind of program director, she moved up through the process and at one point served as the Senior Associate Vice President and Dean of Students. And for 18 years, she served as the Vice President for Student Affairs. Dr. Harper, in her time at Michigan, is heralded with many accolades and accomplishments that she's going to tell us a little bit about. Daughters, let's welcome to the podcast Dr. Rister Harper. (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So why don't we start with, um, you know, part of what I'm interested in is talking about how do you have that kind of longevity? But I want to start at the beginning. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, your first entry in, in, into a job situation at U of M um, and kind of how you worked your way through it. Okay. I, my actual first role at U of M or working at U of M was uh, in housing as a, a resident advisor. So I actually started sure. out in student life in housing. Um, as a student, I'm assuming. Yes, as a student, uh-huh. uh, uh, as an undergrad, um, at a time when there were actually very few Black students on the floor, I, my, mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. my roommate, and three or four others, we mm-hmm. had great fun um, doing things that probably uh, shouldn't be talked about. Uh, when we were mistreated, we would do ex-lax cakes and put them in the refrigerator. Um, and people, of course, uh, t- that were prone to steal would steal them and have a interesting experience. Uh, my roommate, a little bit more devilish than I am, uh, sometimes they would put beautiful uh, Valentine and decorations uh, on the door, but not on our door. So late at night, she'd take them all down and put them in the bathroom because it was a communal bathroom and run water. On. Sure. So we, uh, so my first. Uh, job at Michigan in that role uh, helped me see or told me a lot about the ways in which um, you have to navigate. I I don't, so I want to be careful because I didn't know this at that time. 
mm-hmm. but sort of a, a way of sort of building a wall, protecting yourself from things in the environment that were harmful. Um, from there, uh, went on to be, I don't know how in the world it happened, but went on to be a resident director, sort of continuously more and more things in the organization. Um, mm-hmm. And then went off, uh, taught school for a couple of years and then came back to U of M actually as an academic counselor in at the time what was known as the Opportunity Program. So, opportunities. Uh, so absolutely. Uh, but Opportunities now uh, is a word of power. Back then it was mm-hmm. the way in which we talked about disadvantaged, um, okay. marginalized, the ways in which we made the people disadvantaged, um, made who they were on the margin rather than the environment and the experience that they were having. Mm-hmm. And so we've grown mm-hmm. even in our language about how we describe yeah. the experiences that students bring. Mm-hmm. So started working there and, and sort of over the years um, got promoted and got more and more experiences. So that first job really was, um, I think helped me to understand Michigan's culture mm. in a way that I didn't know. It, I grew up at U of M, maybe that's the way I should describe it. I grew up mm. uh, in terms of professionally and I grew up in terms of who I am and how I think about mm-hmm. and see the world. I don't know if that gets at what you were asking. It, it does. What, what What's interesting to me is when you were the opportunities academic counselor, did you have your eye on the vice presidency for student affairs thinking, oh, I'm going to serve in the president's cabinet no. one day? So no, no. Uh, Stacy. I think the gift sometimes for uh, women, particularly African-American women and poor people is um, the things you learn about working hard and you just mm-hmm. keep working hard. So no, mm-hmm. I didn't know enough actually to aspire to be a vice president. Mm-hmm. It never mm-hmm. occurred to me when I was an undergrad student at U of M that the people there were working and making money. So mm-hmm. I didn't know and think about higher ed as a career or as a place mm-hmm. where there was a career. I was going to college. I right. So I didn't mm-hmm. when I so even when I went back as an academic advisor, I knew it was a job. So I'm not saying I was so out of it. I didn't know it was a job, but I certainly didn't think of it as a career. Sure. Um, I knew mm-hmm. I loved um, young people. I knew that I loved that age group um, because I had, you know, uh, been trained to be a teacher. So I knew that, mm-hmm. but I didn't think of it as a job or a career. It was really something that would carry me through. It was just my work. I see. Right. So, so you moved from the opportunities program. Where where did you end up next? Oh boy. So I became the director of the program. And at the time, um, somehow the president, and it's 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 fuzzy now even to me. So I became the director of the program. And uh I think that was the time when in when in uh, work, people were convening more. So, so some of the things we take for granted now that you're in a meeting, that you're co-creating, that it's inclusive, it was not that way uh, back mm-hmm. then in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a, sure. it was much more hierarchical. You stayed mm-hmm. in your place. 
The boss mm. was the boss. And that's why some of the things that we find intolerable now were tolerated then. Because the mm -hmm. boss was the boss and you stayed. It was much more of a factory mentality. Sure. Without the factory. Even, even in the academy. Even in the academy. Even in the academy. Even, the mm -hmm. president was the boss. Mm -hmm. He was the foreman. <laughs> and, sure. Sure. And there were shift foremans, if you will, if, to, to take the analogy all the way out. And you stayed in your place. But, um, and I'm blanking even now, I think it was Harold Shapiro, but one of the presidents created a little mm -hmm. presidential cabinet and somehow I got on it. I, I think in part because I was running the opportunity program and a, a, the, a, the majority of students of color were in that program, primarily black, focused sure. on black. Mm -hmm. And so pretty high ranking then, but no idea that that was high ranking administratively. Not in my yeah. mind. I had no idea, but uh, somehow got on the little uh, president's kitchen cabinet, not as a vice president, but just people that mm -hmm. he talked to. Sure. Um, and from there. So one of the things that I, I do remember is that at one point, um, I had been, I was the director of the program and mm -hmm. an, an associate V, and they did a, um, an associate VP position came open mm -hmm. and some colleagues of mine really encouraged me to think about it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and a friend of mine uh, also wanted the job mm -hmm. and I can mm -hmm. remember. And so we talked about it and I didn't have mm -hmm. a clue what it was. She clearly, um, having come from a very different kind of family, knew exactly what it was. Worcester, just out of curiosity, what was the ethnicity of this friend? She was an African-American woman. Oh, she was another Black woman. This is She was another one, Black woman. Uh -huh, and we were uh -huh. friends. And we sure. were part of a little support group. Mm. And I uh, wasn't going to apply. And so I talked with another colleague of mine. And he actually, African-American guy, actually said to me, you, you're not going to decide who gets the job or who doesn't get the job. So you're not applying. It's not going to ensure that she gets the job. Mm -hmm. And, and Stacey, I wanted to share that because um, one of the themes, given what, what, uh, what we're talking about, one of the things that I have had to learn, but that has been a theme, is this idea of uh, being trained in some ways that uh, what you do uh, interferes with or you shouldn't do some things to allow others or it's not your turn. That kind of notion was mm -hmm. so embedded in me. And I do think that it's a residue of racism. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it mm -hmm. then, but I think one of the ways that racism gets inside of us um, as Black people is this notion of turn, our turn, mm -hmm. waiting, what's for me, what's not for me. Um, it belongs to someone else. And so we wait uh, and behave as if, if we don't go for it or, or want it or desire it, it will automatically mean something for somebody else. And that was probably my first um, uh, encounter with that, where I truly believe, now I'm, by this time, I've, I've probably been in the work world easily 
maybe 10, 15 years. Sure. Where I really thought that here was this person who was my friend. And I would consider a girlfriend in that way, that mm -hmm. we couldn't compete for the same thing, that somehow mm -hmm. betrayal was around competing mm -hmm. for something we both wanted. And I, I, I'm, I'm stumbling here because I want to put a, a pin in that, if you will, this mm -hmm. notion of, and it gets inside of us, there can only it be does. one, it can only be one of us, mm -hmm. only one of us can sit in certain spaces, That's right. that if we're there, uh, uh, or we enter into that space where someone else is of color, and it gets to be generational too, that we've somehow done something, or when we get in that space, we must be the same. We must think the same. Um, uh, we don't allow, if you will, a thousand flowers to bloom. So there's um, uh, brilliance everywhere. Well, what I really appreciate about what you're saying is that you didn't sign a non-compete clause with anybody, that it's okay to compete and allow the decision makers to decide. Yes. So to not pull yourself out of a situation yes. Yes. because somehow you think that that's the racial solidarity yes. move. Yeah. Um, but just just to go ahead and and um, and do it and and see where that and and I, I think part of what's embedded in what you also say, Dr. Harper, is that um, that there it's important as well to have some courage yes in your decisions yes. particularly as you decide what you're going to put yourself in for yes because one of the things so you say it so brilliantly because one of the things that has been so clear to me over time and i think part of my ability uh to sustain myself and i think the black community sustain itself it's when we get clear about our purpose and mm -hmm. clear about what it is we want for ourselves, mm -hmm. not in relationship to other people. Cause sometimes mm -hmm. we decide what we want in relationship to somebody else. Sure. I just want that like them when really mm -hmm. what's for you might be even more than that. So mm -hmm. no, I couldn't imagine a vice presidency at all. The other thing that happens is that when we, um, internalized in our own ways, a kind of no compete, it might start just in our community. But mm -hmm. I think racism has a way of spreading that. So I can't compete with you either. Mm -hmm. well, we And sometimes for us, I think the competition plays out in our head as better than, more mm -hmm. educated than, mm -hmm. I don't have enough. I need more experience to do this. Let the decision maker decide. If you don't have mm -hmm. enough experience, you don't have mm -hmm. to worry. They'll tell right. you. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you're not right for the job, mm -hmm. nobody is shy. No, no decision maker I know is shy about telling particularly uh, people of mm -hmm. color no. So we don't have to take ourselves out of things. That's right. That's right. Well, and that's beautiful. I learned that lesson as a, uh, a college senior. Yeah. I was my freshman, sophomore, and junior class president. And um, and my uh, vice president all those years wanted to run for senior class president. 
And this is what I will say. She did not win. And Anthony Sparrow spoke at graduation. That's still a thorn in my side. But I remember I said to myself that I'll never do that again. Like I'll I'll never not do something because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings when I think it it would be a good fit for me. Right. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let me just say this about what you're saying. Some of that, and and I, I hope your listeners, our listeners can hear this. Particularly, I think for women and black women, we have been so socialized to support, to help, to move mm. out of the way mm. that it's the work for us sometimes is to not do that, mm-hmm. to be loving and kind and a friend, but to not move out of the way. So part of what I feel that you're also saying is that in this process of being black in white spaces, that you have to manage your relationships with white people, but you also at times have to manage your relationships or manage the situation with our own folk. Yes, and I would add a third. So it's not only, you have to manage your situation with yourself. Mm. So Mm -hmm. I think what keeps, and I can only speak from my own experience. So I have a little mantra for myself, which is to notice what I notice. Right. Mm -hmm. What I notice about myself and what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Notice when I pull back. Notice when I decide something is not for me. Mm -hmm. Notice Mm -hmm. when I decide, oh, that's not me. Mm -hmm. Um, That's been an interesting journey for me. Just this whole notion of what's not me and sort of figuring out when did I decide it wasn't me? Mm. When did Mm -hmm. we decide we weren't presidents or vice presidents or Mm -hmm. when did we decide that's not me or not us? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, And to really interrogate that that, uh, internal work. So I would say it's both external, the environment, no matter what shade it comes in, and internal. And you see it, Dr. Stacey, showing up when uh, communities of color think there's only enough there's only enough for this community or look what Mm -hmm. black people are getting. Mm -hmm. When Latinx folks say, well, all the leaders are black. Mm -hmm. All the leaders of color because all the leaders aren't. Right. Right? And so so you you have to self-manage not only the environment, but internally your own stuff and the ways Mm -hmm. in which, because what I've come to understand is that racism is a disease. Mm -hmm. We all have it. Because you can't, it's it's in the air. So mm-hmm. it gets on, it's like smoke. It gets on. It's like smoke. Mm-hmm. Right? You may not be inhaling, you may not be smoking, but we're people of color are getting everybody secondhand smoke. And secondhand we know that's, smoke. That's and we know that's just as dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's it's a transmittable disease. It comes out of our culture and out of our families and out of our experiences and how we've been socialized. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so we have to manage that primarily in and of ourselves. So did, so what was the outcome of that situation? Did you get the job or did she get the job? Oh, no, I, I applied and I got the job and it really was the beginning of my, my, uh, trajectory into becoming a vice president. Had Mm -hmm. I not that my whole career would have looked differently. Wow. And she went mm-hmm. on to get uh, an associate VP job. She went on to get a vice presidential vice president's job. But it's it's um, uh, 
it's that notion that we internalize also about enough and they're not mm -hmm. being enough. Mm -hmm. Or if she does, I can't. Mm -hmm. Rather than a change that I am seeing in your generation, which I just respect and marvel at and often brings me to tears, this idea of all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, Dr. Stacy and Dr. Harper and Dr. Wilson, that there's allowing ourselves to own our spaces in the same way that whites do. Yes. So, so uh, Dr. Sean Harper out of the University of Southern California's uh, Center for Race and Equity Studies uh, talks about the top microaggressions that, um, that people of color experience in the workplace. And one of those is not being um, not being groomed for leadership positions right. in the same way that they see happening right. for their white colleagues. Yes. And so I'm wondering, were you? What are your thoughts about that? And were you tapped for most of kind of your upward trajectory, or did you apply um, or or yes? Um, so, so let me say two things of, about the others get groomed, others get tapped, um, others get opportunities we don't agreed and what's new. It's mm. true. So this notion that, um, here's what I've come to understand. The best an institution will do is teach you how to manage. Mm. That's the best it's going to do. If you're interested in leading and being in a leadership uh, position and role, that's the work you have to do. Mm -hmm. It's it's um it's uh, um this notion that somebody else is going to uh, own your career or own uh, or work to make sure that you get where you want to get to. It's 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 misguided. Mm. Like I want to yell from the top of the building. No one is getting up in the morning trying to figure out how to take care of and manage and make sure Dr. Stacy has her dreams and aspirations. Right. They're just not. What I think happens in those uh, workspaces is that people support it, it, and it, there's uh, quite a bit of research on this. I mean, we run and like communities. We mm -hmm. like to be around people like us, mm -hmm. right? We see talent and brilliance in people that look like us. Um, now, one of the ways racism works is we don't tend to do that in communities of color to necessarily see that brilliance in each other. And I see mm -hmm. that changing. But um, my colleagues, uh, primarily white colleagues, hang out with each other. So one of the things you learn is that you have to do that too. You have to put mm -hmm. yourself in the spaces where you get known because mm -hmm. one of the races, one of the ways racism works is people of color have to be liked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, can, you talk, can you unpack that a little bit for us about um, what that looks like, you know, tell us about the first time you bought a $50 salad, you know what I mean? Or, um, that you were out to that, how you put yourself in those social situations to be connected enough to then move through your set 
to to the vice presidency. So so I I know I decided um, that. So it's, it's in some ways it's easier for me to talk about it in terms of being in the role. Mm. So I can remember um, getting new presidents, and I can remember uh, saying to myself, having to say to myself, "What kind of relationship do you want with this person?" Mm. You know, and so I would write write it down. I want an honest relationship. I want to be trustworthy. I want to be a confidant. Um, and then saying, okay, if that's where you want to go, what do you need to do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and one of the things that's clear, and I, gosh, there's, uh, I'm, I'm surprised by how intensely I feel some of this stuff. Um, I can remember deciding that if I only hung out with or went to drinks with or went to parties with people who look like me, wasn't going to happen anyway because it wasn't a lot of them that those kinds of relationships that you need that give you additional information that caught that helps you be successful mm-hmm. are not going on in the spaces I'm in sure you know so there so I cultivated uh some honest genuine authentic relationships mm. and I had a, a work family um uh, mm-hmm. multiple work families Mm. So uh, I can remember uh, um, not wanting, you know how sometimes you're in a, you just get tired of being in a non-inclusive, non-supportive environment. Sure. So you said, well, I'm not going to that party or I'm not Mm. going to that. I don't Mm. like to chit chat. I don't Mm. like small talk. It's not Mm -hmm. real. You know, I want, and it just doesn't work in very senior spaces. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, um, yes. it just does because the, the information isn't shared. That's true. Mm-hmm. But even more importantly, Dr. Stacy, the relationships aren't developed. Mm-hmm. And work mm-hmm. is way more relational than we yes. think. We use the term family and we and at work, my team, my family. And I think depending on what your notion of family is, you you put that on top of the um, work, but family uh, in the work setting, in a work environment, particularly if you're trying to aspire, it's really about translates into relationships Mm -hmm. and it's people don't trust people. They don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't tend to think about including them. So these are things I've learned. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they will mm-hmm. include you beyond your role. And that happened to me a lot. I was in places I should not have been for the role I had in the organization. Mm-hmm. But I ended up there because somebody liked me or they knew me or mm-hmm. they knew and liked me and they wanted a brown face there. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so I had to also learn and, I, and I'm OK being a brown face there. I'm OK in being places where I'm only being invited to be a token because I live with spaces I can't go into because I'm brown. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I had to grow up from this notion of um, it's okay. And and um, I'll digress a little bit. I was sharing a, a friend of mine is having an experience that's very joyous for her. Mm -hmm. And she's struggling with the joy. 
Mm. And I reminded her, but you were okay when it was painful. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so what I had to decide or what I think we have to decide is tokenism occurs and, and we have to decide when we will allow it to occur. Wow. So we so are, some we're very comfortable. We're uncomfortable with tokenism that puts us in places we need to be, but we're not uncomfortable when it leaves us out. Do you, mm. Do you know I what, see what you're saying? I, I do. And and part of part of what I feel like is embedded in it as well is that um that all of that is a part of the process yes. of of working and building a career and a trajectory, particularly in the more senior level yes. places. Yeah. The uh the uh what one of the things that I think about um is I interviewed a CEO um from um Dow Chemical and um uh, not the CEO but he was in the C suite and um global relations i think it was and he talked about how he was out to dinner with his boss and his boss's boss and his boss left his glasses at home and could not read the wine list and so uh Mr. Ship uh ordered the wine and got a job because he was out to dinner with them and did a great job with choosing the wine. Yes. And the man thought, well, if he can do that, certainly he can run this company. Yes. And so yes. he hadn't planned to be there. He yes. didn't know he was going to be invited. He was delivering this person to his boss after walking him around the plant. Mm -hmm. And his boss said, come and go to dinner with us. And he could have been like, mm -hmm. right. but he, no, he went and, and then it opened opportunities for him. Absolutely. And, and so, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I want to sort of I love your the example because it popped something that popped in my head. Sometimes we go in those spaces and it's dinner, mm -hmm. and we think the point to of being there is to eat. It's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not yes. to eat. Yeah. Uh, so right, and and as mm -hmm. my family, my mom used to say, and don't order the cheapest thing on the mm -hmm. menu. Go right in mm -hmm. the middle. You know, so that mm -hmm. used to be her little mantra. And she was big on table manners and all of that stuff, which really served me well um, as I moved through the ranks. But the 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 but sort of confusing the social piece uh, that the whole point of dinner is to eat. It's not the whole point of dinner is not for you to do you. You do you at in you oh. spaces and this isn't a you space you know mm -hmm. and somehow sure. we think that that's being authentic mm -hmm. you know i'm not gonna go and change actually you are mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there was a um i can't remember the name of the author did a fabulous piece on shifting mm -hmm. the double the eyes of black women yes that you just have mm -hmm. to shift yeah. um and so i think you know this issue of sustainability being really clear about who you are and then mm -hmm. clear about where you are and what that situation requires. Mm -hmm. And we forget that somehow, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um, we don't swim in, in fur coats. You know, we don't play basketball in um, a ski suit. Sure. You know, sort of disconnecting what's needed to be effective in the role and in the situation from notions of that's, that's not me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I want to uh, be myself. When for mm -hmm. most people of color, we've been taught that self. And usually mm. we've been taught that self 
in very unhealthy ways uh, because uh -huh. we've been taught a self that's often uh, less brilliant than what we really are, uh, less uh -huh. talented than what we really are, because that's how the disease of racism works. Uh -huh. So, so um, I would offer, we have to be really careful when we decide what's not us. Thank and you. I would offer that what's not us ought to be things that are inhumane, that are not compassionate, that are not kind, that's not respectful, that those are the things that are not us. Uh -huh. But any place we want to sit is us. Anything uh -huh. we want to learn. Uh -huh. um, us. Yeah, I would offer that there's certainly, here's what I've noticed. There certainly have been limitations that the environment and racism has shaped. Mm -hmm. My biggest challenges have been the limitations uh, that I have imposed upon myself. Mm -hmm. wow. Sometimes That's... out of ignorance, mm -hmm. unconscious, uh, mm -hmm. a residue of how I grew up and what my journey has been. Um, uh, not imagining, not allowing myself to imagine. Uh, and you, I don't, I don't know if you've been paying much attention to actually Obama's uh, reflection upon his presidency. Mm. And mm -hmm. part of his reflection upon his presidency has been the limitations that he allowed. Now there are systems, I'm not wow. saying there are systems and structures. I mean, Joe Biden is gonna do stuff he could not have done. Sure, you bet. Right? Because of the way the environment and the system and the racism works. Mm -hmm. What Obama, what's been interesting to me to observe is um, the things Obama uh, chose for himself not to do. Mm -hmm. um, mm. because of the limitations and, and his own thinking about what was possible for him wow. and what was reserved for him. And I guess I would ask your readers if, 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 if there's any value in any of this is to really interrogate for themselves in a kind of honest, quiet way what they've decided is reserved for them. How you go in, so I want to share a little quick story. You know how you go into a restaurant. I had a little um, greasy spoon restaurant that I used to love to go to, and I it was down the street, and that's kind of in the morning where I get up early, get my coffee, and go there for breakfast. And I went, and I had a little table I like to uh, sit at, and actually I came so much that they sort of knew what I was going to order. And uh, but I came in one day, and they had some reserve signs on the table. And I remember at that point thinking about, in just a powerful way, the kinds of things I thought were reserved for me. Mm. And none of them were healthy. Mm. So all the negative residues of racism I had decided really were reserved for me. And that was a, a pivotal moment actually in my career and in my life of determining what's reserved for me. What have I decided inside? is reserved for me. And we do it in all kinds of ways. What kinds of relationships are reserved for us? Mm -hmm. What kind of careers, jobs, aspirations mm -hmm. are reserved for us? And I think that that's been part of the, that that's what maintains this system that's so unhealthy for uh, Black people. 
Sure. But the system decides what's reserved for you. Mm-hmm. And we say, okay. Well, and it's white supremacy at its best. At its best. Mm-hmm. It yes. really is. So mm-hmm. anything physical, any sports, except particular kinds of sports, mm-hmm. um, that's reserved for you and we do well. Mm-hmm. So once the barrier of racism is removed, we just excel. But there are some that aren't that are not. So golf isn't because we golf and right. make decisions and only certain people do that. And we uh we have a home in Florida. And it's on a golf course. And there is a golf walk. We, uh, my partner and I chuckle about it all the time because there's a swagger and you can mm. see it for the golf course. And you sort of notice who's playing and who's not playing. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's simply mm-hmm. because it's been decided that's not us. And we say, mm-hmm. okay. Mm. And I would just argue that, that, um, that this work of sustaining yourself in, in, in any space is um, internal work also. Nice. So, so I imagine that as you uh, move through the ranks, if you will, that there were people that, that often, my experience has been that oftentimes um, that when I am moving up in my trajectory, that there are, um, sometimes some white people who are struggling with that move, who have a problem with it, who feel that it should have been them or um, to try to demean your um, qualifications um, for that, whatever that next role is. And so I, I, I'm wondering how much of that was the case for you and how you handled that. Especially given that it was, you weren't coming in from the outside. I think when somebody is promoted from the outside, it's a different experience than when somebody is promoted from the inside. So I, I, uh, I think you're right that, that that happens all the time, did happen. I was um, too inexperienced to even mm-hmm. notice. So there's a beauty of youth because when you're young, you're so busy being engaged or doing whatever it is you're doing, you don't notice. So I want to speak to that. Ha- yes, it happens. And it happens because people are jealous. Mm-hmm. It happens because they can see in you what you can't see in yourself. Mm. Right. That, so they're like, oh, that's the, 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 the really good at figuring out that you're the competition. Mm. And if they can just convince you that you're not worthy, you're not smart, you don't have the education, you don't have the experience. If they can convince you, then they're they're up on the game. Mm-hmm. You know how in the, uh, in sports people trash talk. Yes, yes. And they trash talk to throw you off your game. Mm-hmm. That's all that is. Mm-hmm. Well, how did you handle and, it, Royston? What did you? How did you kind of buffer yourself or whatever? Oh gosh, somewhere I don't know where or how, uh, but it was some teacher. Uh, gave us an egg or gave me an egg. When you look at the egg, I try to find the crack. Mm. So one of the things that happens in an egg, if you just keep pressing, you'll find a crack. Mm -hmm. And so I think what I learned to do, and, and I think it's the beauty of coming from Black people and in a Black community. And that's why I sort of, I don't have a theme for resilience. 
because if black people are not anything, we're mm-hmm. resilient. That's Hell, right. We're born resilient. Mm-hmm. And so this notion that we have to develop resilience or teach our racism forces us to teach our children how to be resilient. I think what happens is that there are different strategies for how you uh, respond. And I want to be careful. I think the work that's being done about racism and the light that's being shined on it, all of that is extremely important. Um, Intellectually and academically, and it helps us understand, you know, what the impact of this has been. But my strategy has always been find the crack Mm. and work the crack Mm -hmm. because it's always there. Mm -hmm. If we allow others to define us Mm -hmm. in any kind of way, um, they're just scoring. They're just putting themselves in a position to get mm-hmm. more or different. Sure. sure. Um, we think it's about us mm-hmm. and what we have and don't have. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's just that we can't see it. So mm-hmm. they see you with a doctorate, smart as a whip, um, mm-hmm. live in two, three, four worlds. Right. can take, you you know how we are, we can take a potato and bring it back to you 15 different ways, <laughs> right? That's just who we are. We're creative. You know, um, if you if you look at the ways in which our community is imit, imitated, yeah. um, uh, the ways, in, so people know more about what's in us than we do. And, and the, the intent is to depress that, to depress the aspiration, mm-hmm. to, to get you to believe the lies that have been constructed to advance what they want and who they are. So people talk you out of applying. Mm-hmm. They tell you you're not ready. Mm-hmm. Why in the world would you decide you're not ready? Or they, or we tell ourselves, I shouldn't have to... Um, work harder or I shouldn't have to, it's time for me to be at position three and I'm at two. And I'm like, hustle, Mm -hmm. hustle for three. Don't drop out because you're not there. Mm. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I do hear exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even, even if you have to work, even though you have to work three times as hard. Yes. Instead of saying I have to work three times as hard and that's not fair. And so so the rest of the world says, great, don't work three times as hard. That's one less person I got to compete that's right. with. That's right. So so can I pivot us for a second? Yes. So what I'm aware of is at the senior in the academy, at the senior level or the president's cabinet level, that oftentimes when a new president arrives, that they start the process of appointing their own folk um, mm-hmm. in, in those senior level positions. You survived. <laughs> um, I'm counting three, but maybe four presidents in the 18 years that you served as the vice president for student affairs. Um, so Mary Sue, I don't know about Lee and, and, um, so Lee Bollinger hired me and then, uh, okay. there was an interim Joe White, uh-huh. uh, and then Mary Sue. Yep. So four. Okay. All four right. presidents and probably about eight or nine provosts. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. 
what's the secret sauce? How do you build that relationship with your senior leader and your most leader in a way that keeps you sustainable and keeps you there? So I never thought about staying. And I, uh, in other words, I never thought about the president, which is going to sound crazy because certainly they decide who stays and who goes, mm -hmm. but I never thought of them as having that kind of power. Mm. Whether I stayed or left had to do with me and the quality of my work. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was one. Two, I have never wanted to work for somebody who didn't, uh, for or with someone who didn't want me to work for or with them. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have that ability. So mm -hmm. one of my, my limitations is I'm not good at being in places I don't. That you're uh, not wanted. I'm, I'm not good at that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when you're not good at that, you have to get really good at knowing what you bring. And if what I'm bringing is not what you're serving or what you want, not a problem, because I can bring it somewhere else. Yes. And so yes. I would say part of it is not living in a space of fear mm -hmm. and not mm -hmm. giving to other people, even the president, power that they don't have. Mm. Now, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not disrespectful. I don't do those things that are inappropriate. Mm -hmm. because nobody's going to pay you and let you diss them too. Uh, uh, no. Right. And it is a job. So it's mm -hmm. a job. It's a contract. I do work. I get paid. Right. Their, their job is not to keep me employed. That's my job. Right. Right. Keep myself employed. If mm -hmm. they decide because they want to bring someone else, because they know someone else that um, there's not a role for me. Mm hmm. I genuinely was okay with that mm. because my thing was, I don't need, I need to do the work. I don't need this job. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's very different. The Those are very different. Yes, very mm -hmm. different. And the only thing presidents give and take away are jobs, mm -hmm. not your work. So mm -hmm. once you're clear about your work and the contribution you want to make, then the issue becomes, where do I make it? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be at Michigan. I didn't intend to stay there those years. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, and there were uh, times when I was being recruited. I'm sure, of course, I can um, imagine. It's a vulnerability uh, that the new president is coming. And therefore, it might mean it's a, it's a space we just can't live in. Mm. Because it causes you unintentionally to behave in ways that are not in your best interest. Right. Mm -hmm. right? Because then it becomes trying to please that person, mm -hmm. trying to make them like you, noticing when they don't. And so my theory has been you start at ground zero. What you did before doesn't matter. Who cares about your reputation? This person doesn't know your reputation. Mm -hmm. um, and you do your work. Nice. Started with, ground zero and then with everybody. It. It's, it's, yeah. it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's like a new relationship. That is true. Mm -hmm. That's you know, and we we have ways in which we negotiate new relationships. So let, let me ask this because I ask this of everyone, and I can't wait to hear your wisdom on it. What do you think is the one thing that white people can do to make 
higher ed space, one, just one, more inclusive for folks of color? <laughs> one, to understand that they have a disease. And when people who are being affected by your disease tell you you, you have it, then start mm -hmm. doing your work mm -hmm. around it. I, mm -hmm. here's, what I, here's what I really want to say, because I've been thinking about it. Racism is the, one of the few diseases I know where the people who are experiencing it are considered to be the least knowledgeable. Mm. Right? Mm. So if, if somebody has multiple sclerosis, we love and value their voice mm -hmm. and their perspective and their orientation. If there's a caregiver who's being impacted by that, we value that and we wanna hear their voice and we wanna amplify that voice and we treat that voice with an authority, except when it comes to racism. Mm -hmm. So people of color, black people are the subject of racism and we're the, we're the most suspected of not being honest about what it is we're experiencing. That, that's crazy. That is. I do you know what I mean? I do. And so I, I uh, do you, you know what I mean? So, so yeah. I would say what, what I would say this to my white colleagues, um, to value, to, first of all, to know you have the disease and don't spend, I don't have it. Nobody goes to the doctor. The doctor says, here are the symptoms I'm seeing. And it looks like you may have, and you say, oh, no, I don't. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. you. You got it. Or you're, mm -hmm. you're, um, accusing me of having something I don't have. I, nobody does that except this disease. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. where the diet, where even saying here are the things I'm noticing. And based on what I'm noticing, I think you have a, a issue with people who look like me or race, or mm -hmm. you put race in places it has no place, nothing mm -hmm. to do with it. Mm -hmm. Or you eliminate me for something that's not related. Sure. Right? Um, we're looking at my talent, my contribution, and you can't see it because you have this. Right. Right? This, this, uh, this disease. To just own it. There's just no way you can live and breathe in this country or in this world and not that's have right. the disease. I agree. So I, I listen. Your, I'm with you. Right. So okay. do your work. Don't mm -hmm. do my work. Don't tell me what I'm not. Do your work mm -hmm. and assume when I tell you, here's what I'm seeing, mm -hmm. that's what I'm seeing. Yep. Yep. Right. Wow. And we don't so, do that about anything else. We don't. We really don't. We really and, don't. And it has dire consequences for other people mm -hmm. when you assume something is not there just because you can't see it. You just can't see it. It's there. And people it, literally are dying because of it. That's what I would literally. say to my white. Literally, okay. that's what I would say to my white colleagues. And if you have, if you need to read to better identify it in yourself, fine. Okay. If you, whatever you need to do to get better at seeing yourself, do okay. that. But that's your work. It's not my work. Right. It's the truth. So any final words of wisdom as you think about building a sustainable trajectory in the same place um, as, a, as a Black person, any final words of wisdom that you want to give to our listeners? 
I do, and I, I, I don't know how to say this. Here's, so here's what I wanna say about white spaces. Um, make them black spaces if that's what you need to achieve oh. what you want. Don't define them in a way that limits what's possible here. Hmm. If I have any pain, it's all the talented black people that I've seen in students and in staff and mm. professionals who don't have what they want um, because they won't challenge uh, the limitations that others are putting on them and that mm -hmm. they didn't accept and put on themselves. Right. You know, and so you mm -hmm. have white people less competent in places screwing up the world. And black people talking about I'm not ready. Mm -mm -mm. Wow. You know, it's 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 the lack of agency. That's that's mm -hmm. it's the lack of agency. It's the giving over the power, your own power to others. And I think if if I were to just say what really has sustained me beyond my faith, and I should have started there, because what my faith does for me. It's remind me of A, who's in control, and it's mm. one of the people I'm in the room with. Sure. And my own power and agency. Mm -hmm. That's always mine. That's what I control. That's what I manage. And no one can take it or decide it's not enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but to get really clear about um, about what's not other people's to own for you or decide for you. And to get out of that space of scared, so what? Who isn't scared? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who isn't? And the very people sometimes that you are afraid of are doing what they're doing because they're scared of what you bring in your mm -hmm. contribution. Mm -hmm. And you're so busy, we're so busy looking at them, we can't see ourselves. And I would say, um, Dr. Stacy, that, uh, that that was one of the gifts of sitting at that, that vice president's table with the president is seeing other people's humanity mm. and that they're just scared humans too. They're not, no more brilliant, no smarter, no dumber first-generation faculty workers, uh, daddy mistreated them, all the stuff <laughs> that they tell us. <laughs> um, and we buy as reasons um, they're living. They just have put on different kind of makeup. They have mm. a different mask mm -hmm. and we can't see it. But when you sit there for a while, the mask comes off and you see the same fear, the same intimidation. Um, they just have a system that props them up mm. and we don't see the props. Wow. So wow. think how tough we must be, right? Think how tough we must be staying that space without the props. That's right. 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 So I think that that is the perfect place to end. My soul is bathed in the... <laughs> wisdom and warmth and all of the the just truth bombs that you dropped today i just thank you so much 
for taking the time to um to to, to share your wisdom with our listeners. You're more than welcome. This is what I This episode was edited by Nikki Anderson. Special thanks to our interns, Amanda Gillette, and other contributors. Our music is provided by Jaffa. Being the Dot is sponsored by David's Delicious Delights.com. David's Delicious Delights.com. Custom made, personalized cakes, pies, cookies, and pastries made with a dash of Southern flair. Visit David's Delicious Delights.com. And use the coupon code being the dot for 20% off orders of $34.99 or more. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.